Uh, we're going to carry on today with part two of A Fighting Spirit. A Fighting Spirit, part two. So let's turn to 1 Timothy 6. And last time, Anne shared a little bit of her testimony as well um, about, uh, you know, her recovery from brain surgery and all that. And uh, she's got a fighting spirit. Yes. Yeah, she's got a fighting spirit. And that's, that's, that's the only reason she's here today, I think, mm -hmm. is yes. uh, because the doctors told her she would be in a wheelchair the rest of her life mm -hmm. and, you, you know, uh, register blind and all that. So, so uh, she, she had, uh, I, I, the greatest advantage she had was she was already in the Word when yes. that happened. Yes. And she had already heard <clears throat> the Word of Faith before that happened. So she already had something to stand on, you know, and that was, that was a, an advantage. It, it, uh, because, you know, Jesus said, um, you know, the wise man builds his house on the rock and, and the foolish man builds his house on the sand. And uh, when the storm comes, the, um, the sand, <laughs> you know, the sand's washed away. So um, it's, it's difficult to build a, a house in the middle of a storm. And sometimes that's what happens to people. You know, they're, they're, they, have a, they don't already have a foundation of the, uh, the word already in their heart. And when these storms of life come, it sweeps them away, you know. Uh, but you, it's not impossible. It's not impossible to build your house in a storm. I've, I've had to do it, but I don't recommend it. You know, it's, it's hard to do. Right. It's hard to do, uh, and that's that's one thing that I really try to emphasize is get on the word, get get your faith established. When things are going well, you know, when your body's well, when things are going good, and there's nothing really uh, negative happening, that's the time to get built up on the word. And then when when you when adversity comes, you're already you know built up, and you're already got some equipment to work with. So uh, we're on 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, if you haven't already done so, you can underline the words fight, lay hold, and profess. These are three important faith principles in this verse. Fight, lay hold, and profess. Uh, this word profess is also translated confess in other parts of the New Testament. Profess, confess, uh, translated from the same Greek word, which means to say the same thing. To say the same thing. And it doesn't mean to say the same thing the devil is telling you in your mind. It means to say the same thing God says. To say what God says. That's what uh, this word confess means. 
so Bible confession is to say the same thing God says in his word about your situation, no matter what you see, what you hear, or what you feel. That's Bible confession. So the first thing you do, you go to the word, and you find the answer to your situation. And that's what you're going to confess, and that's what you're going to stand on, and not what you see, not what you feel, and not what you hear. So when you've been told no hope, no cure, no way, you've got to be a faith fighter. The world fights with people using physical weapons, but we uh, are in a spiritual fight with spiritual forces and we use spiritual weapons. Now, as I said before, we're not looking for a fight, but when you find in the Word of God uh, that Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has already made provision for you now in this lifetime, and you receive that by faith, and you take a faith hold on that, uh, the fight is going to be on, because the devil is going to come uh, try to take that word away from you, because he doesn't want... He doesn't want you receiving anything from God. So, so when you find that word and you lay hold of it by faith and you say, I receive that as mine now, the fight's going to be on. So actually, the devil's the one that, that brings the fight. Now, the accuser, the devil, or the adversary... First of all, he'll try to stop you from hearing the word in the first place. He'll try to keep you from finding out about what belongs to you and what provisions Jesus has already made for you. He'll try to keep you from finding out about it in the first place. Because faith only comes from the word of God. You can't get faith by praying for it. You can't get faith by the laying on of hands. The only source of faith is the Word of God. And God's Word contains God's faith, and each of you have a measure of the same faith that God has right now. So the more you hear the Word, the more you speak the Word, and the more you act on the Word, the measure of God's faith in you begins to grow. That, that measure of faith begins to grow, and the devil does not want that to happen. Because the stronger your faith is, you're not so easy to push around anymore. You get more difficult for, for him to deal with, and he, he doesn't like that. Secondly, if he can't stop you from hearing the word in the first place, uh, his next tactic is he'll try to steal it out of your heart before it can produce in your life. And there are various ways he can do that. So this is where the fight is. So the reason we have to fight is because we have an adversary. He hates God, he hates faith, he hates you. 
And because faith is what defeats him every time, and because faith is what enables us to overcome this curse-filled earth, uh, he's in opposition to us because faith is what's going to overcome him every time. We live in a hostile environment. Another reason why we, we, have, uh, we have an adversary, we have to fight. This is a, a hostile environment. We're surrounded by people some who go to church every Sunday, some who never go to church, uh, walking by sight, uh, living, talking, according to the natural course of this world, uh, death, destruction, failure, and so forth. We're surrounded by this in our daily life. So, uh, so faith is the only way we can overcome the effects of all this curse around us and, and keep it from dragging us down hill with it. It's like we're in a boat going upstream and the whole world is, is going downstream and we're in a boat going upstream. Now we won't turn there yet but in Ephesians 6 it talks about um, you know it says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. So we're not fighting a flesh and blood fight. We're not fighting with people. We're fighting unseen forces that you cannot see. And as long as we are here, and as long as the devil's here, uh, and as long as we are exercising faith in God's word and believing for something that he's already provided in his word, we're going to have conflict with the devil. So we need to be equipped and we need to be prepared. So we're talking about a spiritual conflict when it comes to receiving from God. Faith is the, without faith you cannot receive anything from God. So, you know, there, there are people who sometimes get the misconception uh, that, uh, you know, if you just have faith you'll never have any problems. Well, that's not true. Uh, some people accuse us of teaching that. I don't teach it. I never have. I don't know of any, anyone else that, that teaches that. Um, so, it, so if you live by faith, it doesn't mean you won't have any problems, but it does mean that you'll overcome Satan every time. Uh, if you'll fight the good fight of faith and you won't surrender. That is true. So uh, let's turn over to 1 Peter 5. We'll just review that verse. First Peter five, verse nine. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So it says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. So if you're resisting something, that means something is coming against you. Something that you cannot see is coming against you. And then he goes on to say, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now one of the things the devil will, will do when you're in a test and a trial, he will... Uh, 
convince you that you're the only person in the world that's going through this. And, and he'll make your situation look more bleak than anybody else's. You know, he'll tell you, oh, nobody has it this bad, you know. Uh, that, that's a lie. That's a lie. This says right here, our Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are experiencing the same thing we are. They're experiencing the same, uh, you know, the same kind of suffering. In uh, uh, suffering, I mean the same kind of spiritual conflict that we are. Because the devil is no respecter of persons, and he's an equal opportunity adversary. He, he, he goes after anybody uh, who's walking by faith. That's, that's, when, when you start walking by faith, you get on his radar, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> that's not a bad thing at all. So let's uh, turn over to Proverbs 18. And we'll just review that. Proverbs 18. Verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? The Amplified Classic translation says, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear? The easy to read version says, a good attitude will support you when you are sick, but if you give up, nothing can help. The uh, Passion Translation says, The will to live sustains you when you're sick, but depression crushes courage and leaves you unable to cope. So what's going to get you through attacks and trouble and even bodily pain? A strong spirit. A strong spirit. Now, if it was just all up to God, everybody would triumph and come through trouble and attacks. Faith is the determining factor. And this verse is just another way of talking about faith when it says the strong spirit of a man is what sustains him in bodily sickness and in trouble and adversity. This is why it's important to have a strong spirit, a spirit full of the word. Uh, it's easier to die than to live, as you probably already figured out. It takes faith to live to be in your 80s, your 90s, and the hundreds. You've got to have faith to live to be in your 80s, 90s, and the hundreds. It's easier to walk by sight than to walk by faith. So we need to get a revelation that there's a reason why we are here. There's a purpose why we are here on the earth. Our time here on earth is the shortest. This is going to be the shortest period of our lives. This is going to be the shortest time we ever experience right here. These few years we're on the earth. The shortest time we will ever experience. Uh, some people haven't even found out yet what 
the Lord wants them to do. Some people need to catch up, and they need, they got time they need to make up for, much less think about checking out early. Uh, you know, uh, so, so some people are just getting started. So we need to realize that we're here to do a job, and if the devil can convince you that struggling physically or financially or dying prematurely is somehow the mysterious plan of God, uh, then he can keep you from fighting him. And that's, that's what he uses against a lot of people. Uh, they, they don't resist him and they don't fight him because they think what they're going through is somehow the mysterious plan of God and they should just lay down and accept this as the will of God. And that's not true. And that's how the, the devil gets an advantage over people many times. So when sickness and adversity comes, we can't just sit down and accept it. It's the enemy. We, we've got to develop this fighting spirit, you know. And, and for people, uh, you know, who say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just a peaceful person. I, I don't like conflict and, you know, I don't like the idea of fighting. Well then they're going to have to get in the Word and they're going to have to change. They're going to have to change that, you know, uh, in order to be an overcomer. They're going to have to change uh, that, that uh, attitude and they're going to have to develop a fighting spirit because the devil plays for keeps. You know, he, he's, he, he's no respecter of persons, whether it's a child, an older person, uh, you know, he, he, he doesn't care. He's, he's cruel. Uh, and, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people just don't understand his tactics and how he operates, and they think everything that happens in life is, is God's will, and it's not God's will. And, it, and if they just accept everything that happens to them is the will of God, then they're not going to resist the devil. They're not going to resist and, and fight uh, this spiritual conflict because... They think, well, if this is from God, I don't want to be resisting God. And they just lay down and they just accept this as the will of God. And that's how, you know, many people just, they just don't come out. But, um, you know, our, God created our bodies, uh, you know, to heal, to heal itself and to repair itself. There, we have an immune system, you know, that fights off sickness and disease. And our body's supposed to be healthy. But you can have the best doctors in the world and you can have the best immune system in the world. But if you don't have a fighting spirit, the best doctors in the world and the, be and the best immune system in the world is to no avail. Um, you know, an honest doctor will tell you there are people who die that shouldn't die. I mean, Sylvia's... A, nurse seen it and uh, yeah and there are people that shouldn't live who do live mm -hmm. you know they've been given up and they come out so uh, just having good doctors and a, a good immune system is not all there is uh, to it you know you uh, there there are people you know that just they just have a fighting spirit and and a lot of times even if they're not believers that's the difference mm -hmm. between coming out and not coming out and last time I shared, I had some newspaper articles and things that I, I shared along those lines. So if you go back and listen to that, 
you know, you can catch up on that, but I don't, I don't want to go over that again. But, you know, no matter how many times you've been knocked down, if you've been knocked down 95 times, you got to keep getting up because that 96th time might be your victory. You know, that 96th time could be your victory. Um, I'm, we're not going to take the time to um, turn to all these, but I want to read. You, you can write these down. I want to give you a few scriptures along this line. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. The uh, New Century Version says, but the people who trust the Lord will become strong again. They will rise up as an eagle in the sky. They will run and not need rest. They will walk and not become tired. Micah 7 verse 8. You can just write these down. We won't turn to all these. Micah 7 verse 8 says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Is that Micah 10? Micah 7, verse 8. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he like he, uh, he that's one of his favorite verses, isn't it? Yeah. That's one of his favorite verses, isn't it? Galatians, Galatians 6 9. And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. Hebrews 10 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And then the same chapter, uh, verse 35 and 36 of Hebrews 10. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, or don't, don't cast away your faith. Don't throw away your faith, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So we got to have this fighting spirit that, that when we do get knocked down, we get back up. Amen? And, and we've got to, uh, you know, actually it's better to get on the offensive and not just, it seems like many Christians are always on the defensive, you know? It's, it's they're always kind of, pushing back against the devil and we actually we should be on the offense. We need to be more on the offense, you know, and not just always kind of backed up into a corner. But you know the first generation of Israelites that did not go into the promised land, that first generation that came out of Egypt, they didn't go into the promised land because they did not have a fighting spirit. That's really why they did not go. Um, they heard about the giants and the walled cities, 
And from that point on, they were fixated on that. No, nothing else they, they heard or saw in that report could, could move them. Nothing else uh, could affect their, what they believed. Once they heard about those giants <coughs> in the wall cities and that fear came upon them, they were just fixated on the problems. And they were looking at, at, at the obstacles. And no, no matter what Joshua and Caleb told them after that, it could not change their mind. Joshua and Caleb said, look, God's with us. That these, these people will be bread for us. And, and the people just went to, into their tents and they cried all night. <laughs> you know, not, nothing that Joshua and Caleb could <coughs> say to them could, could stir up this fighting spirit. They just didn't have it. They just didn't have a fighting spirit. And it wasn't the giants and the wall cities that kept them out because the next generation went in and they faced the same giants and the same wall cities. They went in and took it. So it, it definitely wasn't the people that kept them out. That second generation had a fighting spirit and the first generation, they just would not develop. And, and the thing is, they only heard about these giants and wall cities. They never saw them themselves. They never went and actually saw the giants or the wall cities. They just heard somebody else talking about them. And, and uh, this, this fear came upon them and they surrendered. They surrendered and threw in the towel without ever even putting up a fight. And they never personally saw those giants, they just heard about them and they were ready to surrender. They, they were just threw in the towel, you know? So they did not have a fighting spirit. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4, you know, talks about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not natural, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we do have weapons. Uh, they are powerful, but they are not natural. <coughs> so even though, uh, you know, the devil would try to make you think that, you know, he's, he's, he's so big and he's so powerful and he's not. The truth is we've got the upper hand. He's limited in what he can do. He's, he's limited in his resources. We're unlimited. That's the truth. We're unlimited. What was the verse in that one? Second uh, Corinthians ten three to four uh, talks about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So what God has provided by grace, we must possess with our faith. The new birth is not automatic. We have to possess it by faith. Uh, most people seem to understand this, but when it comes to uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, when it comes to healing, when it comes to financial blessing, when it comes to protection, people seem to want to change the rules, and then all that's up to God. You know, we, we, get, we get born again by faith, but then all these other things they don't understand that our faith is also involved in that. 
they, these, these other things, people tend to want to just leave it all up to God and say, well, the Lord's will be done. Uh, and then they, they accept everything that happens to them. Then something bad comes along and they say, well, that must be the will of God because I said the will of God be done. And, 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 the, and the devil deceives them into accepting these, these uh, adverse situations uh, as being the will of God. And it's not. It's, it's deception. Um, you know, so if God says something is yours, if, if, if in, in his word he says something is yours, it doesn't matter who else is living there or how long they've been there, it's yours. And that's the way the, the promised land was for the, uh, you know, the Israelites. Yes, other people were living there. Yes, they had been there for a while. But that didn't change the fact that God said, this is your land. Uh, and they had to fight to take that land. Even though it was theirs, they had to fight and remove the people who were occupying it at the time. And that's what they didn't seem to, to understand. They didn't have this fighting spirit to go take that land. And I guess they thought because God said it was theirs, it was just, they were just automatically going to take it, and these people would just automatically leave and, and, and be nice about it, you know. But, um, but that's not the case. What God's provided for us by grace, we have to possess with our faith. So somewhere down the line, we have to be persuaded that if God says something is ours, it's ours, uh, regardless of what, uh, you know, the enemy tries to convince us otherwise. Now let's turn to Ephesians 6. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. Now the understood subject here is you. You put on the armor, you stand against. Now these, this word stand and the word resist over in 1 Peter 5, resist and stand are not passive words. Resist and stand is not letting the enemy run over you and play havoc with your mind. It says that you may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, wiles is probably not a word that you use very often in everyday conversation, is it? <laughs> That's not a word that we use uh, I can't remember the last time I used the word wiles when I was talking to somebody. That's an, that's an old King James uh, word. And the, uh, the Greek word that it comes from is the Greek word methodos. And it's translated wiles in the King James Version. Now, as you can figure out, this is where we get the English word method. That's where we get the English word method. 
Now, the word method doesn't really convey the full meaning of this word wiles. Um, the, the actual word actually means literally with a road. With a road. That's actually literally what it means. Now, the devil is not a mindless traveler. He knows exactly where he's going and he knows exactly how to get there. So, his specific destination is your mind. That's the destination he wants to end up at because he feels very comfortable in a person's mind. He wants to get in a person's mind and fill it with lying emotions, false perceptions, and confusion. Now another way of saying that would be walking by sight. Walking according to your feelings and um, what you see, get, getting your attention over on this natural realm, getting your attention over on your circumstances. Now, uh, your, your head is not smart enough to compete with the devil mentally. He's not all-powerful like God. Uh, he's not all-knowing. He's not uh, all-powerful you know, uh, like God is. He's not the evil equivalent of God. He's just a fallen angel. So he's, uh, he's, he's not even in the human class. He's below us. He's far below us. We're, we're created in the likeness and image of God. Yes, he's under our feet. Um, but for people that don't know that and they don't understand his strategies and they, and, 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 uh, you know, they lack knowledge about this, he, he easily gets an advantage over people. But he, he's very limited in what he can do. But uh, this, if you look in verse uh, 12 there, it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now this is a list of the hierarchy of demons in Satan's army, that's what you want to call it. It's kind of like uh, a military ranking starting at the highest with principalities which would be like generals and then spiritual wickedness in high places that would be like privates or whatever. So the principalities, uh, this is a list going from top to bottom of the hierarchy of Satan's demonic forces. Now this word principalities is the Greek word arcus, and it means ancient times. Now these principalities have been uh, holding these positions, these lofty positions in, uh, out in the atmosphere since ancient times. So the devil has been a, a, around for a long, long time. It, how far before the flood of Noah, we don't know. But ancient times. Now, you and I, we've only been here a few years. 
And he's got a head start on us in some areas. He has been here from ancient times, and he has observed every form of human behavior there is. And he has been studying human beings for a long time. And we've only been here a few years, and there's no way you can mentally compete with him on a mental reasoning level. This is why we have to operate in the spiritual realm because his tactic is to pull us over out of the faith realm into this natural realm. Uh, you know, like magicians use deception. You know, I don't know how they do it, but they use deception. You know, they'll say, look at, look at this hand, and they want you looking over here while they're doing something with this other hand, you know, but you're not paying attention to the left hand. You're looking at what the right hand's doing. And that's what the devil wants your attention off this word, off the promise of God, and he wants it on your circumstances or on your body or on your situation or something in the natural to get you over into this mental reasoning realm of walking by sight because then he will beat you every time. Now, Brother Hagen used to say, uh, if you allow him to pull you over into that mental reasoning realm of walking by sight, he'll beat you every time. But if you keep him in the faith realm, you'll beat him every time. Now, what is the faith realm? What, what is the arena of faith? Well, the devil says, how do you feel? And you say, well, it doesn't make any difference how I feel. The word says, by his stripes I was healed. The devil says, what if it doesn't come? What if it doesn't happen? You say, I've already got it. The word, I've got the word. I've already believed I received it when I prayed. See, you're keeping him in the faith realm. You keep bringing him back to what the word says. You keep... That's what, basically what Jesus did out in the wilderness when Satan tempted him. Turn these stones to bread. Jump off this building and God will protect you. Uh, bow down before me and I'll give you all these kingdoms. He wanted Jesus to do something physically. He wanted to get him to do something in the natural realm. And Jesus wouldn't move. He just kept pulling Satan back over in the faith realm. And even though Satan was quoting scripture to him, it was out of context. And Jesus would come back with, it's also written. It's also written. And every time he says, it's also written, man shall not live by bread alone, or it's also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, he was pulling Satan back over in the faith realm in the faith arena. And, and he could never pull Jesus out of that faith arena. And the Bible says Satan left him for a time. And he, he finally gave up. He said, I can't move this guy. I'm, I'm just going to quit for today. And he, he left. And he'll do the same thing to you. He'll do the same thing to you. You keep him in that faith arena. When he says, what about so-and-so? You say, it is written. It is written. And you're pulling him back over and you're pulling him in the faith arena, and you'll defeat him every time if, as long as you keep him there. Now, verse 12 uh, says, For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, 
So the devil will try to tell you that people are your problem. Your boss is a problem. Your family's the problem. Uh, and if you start fighting with people, now he's got you over in the flesh realm. Verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand, uh, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Notice the words, withstand, stand, and stand therefore. So you're standing against the, these walls of the devil. It, it, it's also the trickery. Uh, he, he, he's crafty. He's subtle. He uses trickery uh, to, to get this place in your mind and in your thinking because that's, that's where he operates. <clears throat> Verse... Um, Yeah, so the stand, that this, when it says, having done all to stand, stand, our stand is on the scripture that the Lord has quickened unto us. Whatever scripture we're standing on that's the answer to our situation, that's what we're standing on. And that's what he wants to pull you off of and say, no, that's not true, this is true. He wants you looking over the natural circumstances and try to convince you this is true. This is not true. What God says, that's not true. This is true. What you can see, that's what's true. And that's his strategy. That's his tactic. So the conflict is between the truth of God's word uh, versus the lies of the devil. That's where the conflict is. And Satan launches an assault on the truth of God's word. He wants you to cast the word aside and accept his lies as the truth. Jesus said there is no truth in Satan. He's, the, he's a liar and he's the father of all lies. He couldn't tell the truth if he wanted to. <coughs> <coughs> the truth is not in him. So anything he tells you, it, it speaks to in your mind. You know, you know it's a lie. Verse 16. Above all, Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts <coughs> of the wicked. The fiery darts are these lies and deceptions that he keeps firing at your mind. <coughs> Excuse me. Those are his major weapons. <coughs> fiery darts, these lies, deceptions that he keeps throwing it at your mind. The devil, he has a video player and he'll play these videos in your mind and he'll show you the worst case scenario of your situation. Well, what if they do this? What if they don't do that? What about this? You heard what the doctor said you know, blah, 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 you read the letter. <coughs> <coughs> and when he's finished, he'll hit the replay button again. And he'll play it over again. <coughs> and he'll play these videos over and over in your mind 
about the worst case scenario. And if you just sit there and you allow him to do it, these, uh, these are images. These are images he's showing you of worst case scenario. And if you just sit there and accept that and you watch these videos and you listen to these lies, these, uh, over a period of time, these will develop a stronghold in your mind. And once that stronghold's there, even the Word of God can't penetrate it. You, you, you know, that's, that's what even, you know, those people in the, uh, the Israelites, that stronghold that they could not go in, uh, and that those images of fear and the images of um, <coughs> those giants in the promised land, that became a stronghold. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, even no matter what Joshua and Caleb said, couldn't change your mind. <coughs> so you got to reach up and you got to grab hold of those images and you got to cast them down, like 2 Corinthians 10 says, casting down imaginations <coughs> and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or against the Word of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You've got to say, no, I don't believe that. I believe what this says. <coughs> I don't believe those videos. I don't believe those lies. I believe God's word. That's the final word. And that way you're keeping him over in the faith arena and you will defeat him every single time. This is the fight. This is the fight is casting down these imaginations and these videos that he tries to play <coughs> in your mind. Symptoms may be in your body, but they don't have a right to be there. Yeah. Lack may be in your bank account, but that doesn't mean it has a right to be there. So when it comes to the enemy, you have to be aggressive. He will do everything he can to try to keep you from enjoying the blessings of God. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a tickle. So, when he identifies, we talked about how he studies, studies humans. You know, he, he, he follows you around like all your life. And he takes notes about whatever will discourage you, you know. And when he identifies something that will discourage you, he starts to work in that area. So he knows kind of what buttons to push. Little bad news here. <coughs> Little bad news there. You have a pain in your stomach. He'll say, you got stomach cancer. And you think, nah, I ain't got stomach cancer. You're crazy. I ain't got stomach cancer. And he goes through his flip chart. You know, he's got a flip chart. Okay, you don't have stomach cancer. What about ulcers? Oh, my, come to think of it, my mother had ulcers and 
My aunt had ulcers. I bet, you know, that runs in our family. I bet that's what I got. I got ulcers. Yep, I'll accept ulcers. And that's what, he, he, he goes to work on you. Um, uh, he goes to work on you <coughs> in these areas. And whatever he knows will discourage you, he'll send you some bad news in that area. He'll send you a letter. He'll have somebody call you. Uh, he knows exactly what, what it takes to get you discouraged. And he'll begin to work in that area. So, no. We, you know, it may be a fact. You have an ulcer. But that's not the truth. The truth is, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed from that ulcer. That's the truth. We're not denying the fact that you got an ulcer. The truth is, Jesus bore your ulcers. Amen? That's the truth. Jesus bore your ulcers, and they don't belong to you. That's the truth. And, and that's what you've got to tell him. This is the, this is the fight. We've got to have this fighting spirit. And, and, and not allow him to take us out of here. You know, I mentioned last time about uh, this interview that was done with um, Holocaust survivors. Mm. And they, uh, they interviewed them. Uh, you know, what was it? One of the questions they asked them, what was it that kept you going? through all this hell. What kept you from giving up? And one answer that was common among all of them was, uh, they said there was something that uh, in life that I had not achieved yet, or I had not accomplished that I wanted to accomplish, uh, or something I had started that I hadn't finished. So they all had this purpose for living. They all had this purpose uh, you know, uh, e even if it was just secular, you know, they all had a reason to stay alive. And folks, we've got the re we've got the reason to stay alive. God needs us here. He doesn't need us checking out of here early and going to heaven prematurely. He he's got plenty of help in heaven. Down here, we're we're living in, a, in a, we're wrapping up things down here. You know. And he needs us down here now. He needs you and he needs me. And we need, to, we need to have this fighting spirit and not be thinking about checking out of here early. Amen? Hallelujah. So Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth. Now this is, this is Satan's assault, is on the truth of God's word. That's where he comes to challenge God's word. Then... We won't turn there, but you can write down 1 Peter 1.13 says something kind of similar. It says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Mm -hmm. So he says, stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. And Peter says, gird up the loins of your mind. So, your mind, this road to your mind... That's his destination. This road to your mind is where he launches an attack on God's word. And you have to identify these thoughts and suggestions as lies. And you've got to cast those lies down and you've got to replace them with the word of God. That's, 
That's the fight. <coughs> this is a spiritual warfare. Now, as we close, I want to finish with two things that make you susceptible to deception. Two things that make you susceptible to deception. Let's turn to Obadiah chapter 1. That's over there toward the end of the Old Testament, probably where all your pages are stuck together. It's, uh, I think it's right after Amos. It's in those little minor prophets. I think it's only one or two pages long. Huh? Page 810. Yeah. Thanks. I, I hadn't made a note of the page. I've got it written down. Here it is. Yeah. Obadiah 1, verse 3. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? So one of the things that makes you susceptible to deception is pride. Selfishness, self-centeredness. I, me, always talking about I, me, what I think, what I need, what I want. Like Gloria Copeland says, the big eye. <laughs> A second thing that will make you open to deception is desire. Desire. The more you want something, the more difficult it is to be objective about it. The more you want something, the more difficult it is to be objective about it. You think about, you know, a particular car or a particular house or spouse, whatever. Uh, if you're led by desires, then you're blinded to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And it will cause you to overlook things of obvious concern in people's character. You know, if you, if you think about, you go look at a house or you, you go look at a car, and when you get there, you find out this is not what it was advertised to be. But you want it so bad, you overlook the obvious problems that you see, you know, with the car or, or with the house. So, um, you know, we have, we have to watch for that. You know, and the devil will tell you, well, nobody's perfect, and nothing's perfect, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and uh, he'll say, it, it'll be okay. And because you want it to be okay, you try to make it okay. And, and this is a way he, he can deceive you is through, you know, you, you desiring something so intensely that you are no longer led by the Holy Spirit, 
uh, and, and the Holy Spirit may be giving you a check in here, just back off here and cool off a little while, you know. And, and, and if you so intensely desire something that, that you'll be blinded to the leadings of the Holy Spirit, and, um, uh, you know, you'll, you'll overlook some of these obvious problems uh, that may be associated. So what, what you need to do there is pull aside with God, listen to your spirit, get your mind off yourself, crucify the flesh, and get your desires under control until you can be objective. So don't, don't be impulsive. You know, don't be impulsive. Anytime anybody tries to pressure you, you know, uh-uh, back off. That, the, devil, the devil's the one that pressures you. The Holy Spirit will never pressure you. The devil's the one that put pressures. You need to make a decision now. You've got to do it today. No, that's not God. <coughs> Let's turn to Second uh, Thessalonians 2. <coughs> Second Thessalonians 2, 9 says, now the context here actually is talking about the Antichrist, but there's a principle here in verse 10 we can see. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they received not the love of the truth. Underline that phrase. Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Anything the devil suggests to you is a lie. He uses trickery, craftiness, subtlety. What we saw in Ephesians 6, the, what what. Ephesians calls the wiles of the devil. He will lie to you about something that's not true. He will even lie to you about your physical condition. And if you love the truth, which is God's word, more than you love what you want, more than you love what somebody else thinks, more than somebody else's opinion, that truth will make you free. If you love the Word of God more than what you want, more than opinions and traditions, then that truth of God's Word can make you free. Now, why wouldn't people, let's, let's just say even here in this context where it's talking about the end times and how the Antichrist is going to deceive people, why wouldn't people love the truth. Why wouldn't they want to love the truth about God and Jesus and, you know, he's come to save us and, you know, he's pardoned us from our sin? Why wouldn't people accept that? Because they love what they want to do more than they love God. They, they love what they're doing. They're love, they love the sinful life. They love what they want to do. And they reject God. 
uh, they love themselves and not what God says. Now, you know, we know that many people, you know, many people will turn to God and will be saved, but there will be some that are just going to hold out, you know. But they, they love what they want to do and their desires more than they, they love God. Have you ever shared the word with somebody and they said, yeah, I know that's what the Bible says, but, yeah. That's deception. They didn't, they didn't hold to the truth. They let it go in preference to something else. And the truth is usually not something your flesh wants to hear. But your spirit, your spirit knows it's true. And your mind and your flesh starts trying to reason it out. And uh, because your mind and your flesh don't want it to be true, but your spirit knows it's true. And, and if, you, um, if you don't want it, if your mind and your flesh don't want it to be true, the devil will get over there in that mind and flesh arena. That's where he operates. And he'll come to steal that word out of you. He'll say, no, no, the Bible's not true. This is true. This feels good, do it. You know. <clears throat> so, the Lord wants us whole, strong, and free. Amen? And we cannot let the devil convince us otherwise. We cannot let the devil convince us otherwise. We've got to lay hold of this truth. That uh, scripture, our text scripture, 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Lay hold on eternal life. We've got to lay hold of this word. The new birth is a manifestation of eternal life. Healing is a manifestation of eternal life. Financial blessing is a manifestation of eternal life. Protection is, in a, is a manifestation of eternal life. We've got to lay hold of these things, and, and we've got to have a fighting spirit and not let the devil come in and run over us and lie to us and fall for his lies and deception and try to talk us out of it. Uh, Brother Hagen, you've probably heard his testimony about how he was healed as a teenager, but he said when he got this revelation from Mark eleven twenty four, you know, about believing you receive your healing, he said, I believe I received my healing, and he says, I don't care if I'm laying here 50 years from now, I still believe I received my healing. And he began to act on that, and he swung his legs out over the side of the bed, and they just plunked on the floor like two pieces of wood. And he began to act on his faith, and he began to get up and, and do something. And it wasn't long before he was up. But he, you know, he, uh, he had that fighting spirit. He says, this word is true. If I'm still laying here 50 years from now, this word is still true, and I believe I received my healing. And it wasn't long till he was up. He began to, to put action to his faith. <coughs> and it wasn't long uh, for him to, to get up. And he, was, he, he became convinced from the word that it was not God's will for him to die because he'd had doctors come in and tell him, that's it, you know, you know, well, sonny boy, you know, we know you're a believer and in a few days you'll be with the Lord. And that kind of, that's, that's, that's the encouragement he had. You know, I mean, that was it. The doctors and even pastor from his local church came and told him the same thing. 
Boy, that's a lot of help, isn't it? <laughs> you know? So, uh, but, but he became convinced that this was true, and he was not going to let the, the devil talk him out of it. Amen. So when the devil tries to tell you it's not working, it's a lie. If it's not working, why is he pestering you about it? If it's not working, it's not affecting him, why is he so interested in talking to you about the fact that it's not working? You know, if, if he says it's not working, that's a good indication it's working. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. And let's say this together. I'm alert. I'm alert. I'm on my guard. Oh my God. I'm learning the devil's tricks. He can't devour me. He can't devour me. I have a strong spirit. I have a strong spirit. A spirit full of the word. A spirit full of the word. It sustains me in trouble. It sustains me in trouble. And bodily pain. Bodily pain. The devil will not force me to leave early. The devil will not force me to leave early. I will finish my course. I will finish my course. Amen.